Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Final Third Podcast. As always, we have an amazing episode. Today, we're taking a break from our Euros coverage to talk more about Austin FC. They just opened up Q2 Stadium. They are the expansion team for Major League Soccer in this 2021 season. And we're welcoming back Francisco of Twin Oaks TV back to the podcast to talk about how their season has gone so far. And a little bit of behind uh, the scenes news here. This is the first episode we're recording in person. I have Jack right next to me as I'm recording this. Jack, say hi. Hi. All right, cool, cool. <laughs> so we are recording in person. This isn't going to be a regular thing until you know Jack comes back from his vacation he's going to take. But we are very excited to record these episodes in person. So reward us for that by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Final Third Show. Leave a rating and review on whatever podcast platform uh, you listen to us on, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And yeah, if you want to keep track of any of our Euro coverage, we're going to be going over the knockout rounds very soon on our Twitter at Final Third Show. And let's get on to the rest of the episode. Hello and welcome back to another deep dive episode of The Final Third. My name is Jack. I'm a French national team fan, Slovakian national team fan, Minnesota United fan, uh, Chelsea and Atalanta fan. A lot of teams, too many many teams to remember. But uh, I'm joined here uh, with AJ. Uh, My name is AJ Tabura. I'm a supporter of Minnesota United, West Ham United and the U.S. national teams. Today we have a very special guest. He's been on the show before. Uh, We had a great episode previewing Austin FC with him just a couple months ago. And now we're here after Austin FC have opened Q2 Stadium and have ended their their long, long run of away games. And so with that, we'd like to welcome back to the show Francisco of Twin Oaks TV. You know him from Twitter. You know him from YouTube. He's made videos all about Austin FC and for my money, the best Austin FC content creator. Can we say that? I, I think we, I, I can say it for sure. Okay. Okay. Well, Francisco, welcome back to the show. How are you feeling? I know we just finished up a game, so you might not be feeling too great, but in general, how are you doing? Howdy, y'all. I'm doing all right. How about yourself? <laughs> we're, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Austin all FC. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the Matthew McConaughey impression. Well, we're, we're actually going to talk about not just Matthew McConaughey, but all the actions going on with uh, the home opener for Austin FC. But we thought, you know, it's been a while since you've been on the show. So let's hit you up with some warm up questions. So people sure. kind of know who you are. The first is, I guess, what is your like what's been your favorite soccer memory it could be about austin fc it could be soccer in general but like what is that moment that you look back and you think that is definitely by far my favorite moment in soccer yeah for sure uh so this happened at the lafc game our very first game uh, in our very first mls season I remember uh, taking the trip out to LA, not even knowing if I was going to get a ticket, not even knowing if they were going to let us in, not even knowing anyone, any of the other supporters, knowing no one in the city, absolutely just went in blind, made some friends, got along with a lot of people. Day of the game, we go into an LA subway. 
And somebody says, hey, you guys want a chance? I didn't know any of the chants at this point, but uh, mm-hmm. I started to pick them up as I went along. And an empty subway with just filled with, you know, about 20 Austin SC fans. We were in separate groups. And somebody was carrying a bombo. Uh, Fadi was carrying a bombo. And we started doing a verde, negro, chanting. By the way, you want to you see that? Check it out on my Instagram. We've got a video up there or on YouTube. There's an LAFC recap from that trip. But man, the video, the audio does not do it justice. Being in there felt so amazing and just being surrounded by that. It was my first experience like that. And some police officers even came over and said, hey, you guys can't do that. That instrument is really loud. <laughs> but by that time, we had already got our fun in. So, yeah. Second warm up question Who is your favorite soccer player that is not an Austin FC player? So, it has to be someone. <sighs> Not on your favorite team. I'm gonna go with Giovanni Arena. Okay. Okay. Solid. I am a US men's national team fan and I just love watching Arena play anytime he scores a long distance shot. Are, are you a, a Borussia Dortmund fan at all? Or are you just like uh you like him for the US national team? I do like Dortmund as a team. I'm not I wouldn't call myself a fan of any of the European teams. I if a particular team plays in a way that I like, I watch them. Or if I have a player that I like, I'll watch that team. But uh, I do have a positive view on Dortmund. Uh, considering how passionate yeah. their fans are, I don't think it's fair for me to call me myself a fan. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. All right. All right. Well, the last question, and you kind of alluded to it before, but this is a question that I bet everyone has for every Austin FC fan. We saw Matthew McConaughey bang those drums to start off the home opener. Do you have a Matthew McConaughey impression, and can you do it for us? You know, I didn't start making videos to make a statement. I didn't start making videos to be popular. I wasn't asked to do this. But when life takes you places, sometimes you just got to go. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) wow that was beautiful thank you so much francisco that that is it for the warm-up questions i think i think you did your owner justice there that was very good (laughs) Uh, (laughs) the best i could do i don't really (laughs) i just thought of the lincoln commercial you know yeah that's the best i gotta go the lincoln commercials i completely forgot he was the main guy there uh that's so great yeah matthew mcconaughey probably the biggest cheerleader for Austin FC, but we're going to yes. get into the, the home opener and all of the atmosphere that happened there. But Jack, why don't you ask the first question about how the season started overall? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a pretty general question, but I think a pretty important one, you know, what have you made of Austin FC's start to the MOS season so far? Like, has it exceeded your expectations? Has it met it? Or has it been a little bit below par, you think? Uh, it's been turbulent for sure. And uh, now, you know, maybe two games ago, I would have said it's been decent. I think now it's been a little below expectations. You know, there was a time when we were looking like we were going to have the best start to an opening season since the Seattle Sounders. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time when everybody was enamored from the beginning with our style of play. And then there was a bit of a mid-period. And then we shut out Seattle, the best team in MLS at home. And now we're not doing so hot right now. Right now, the reality of our lack of depth is kind of catching up to us, but we are an expansion team. And, you know, 
it's to be expected that it's going to be a difficult and long season, but at the same time as a fan, you know, you want to emulate that early success that, you know, LAOC Atlanta had. And even if it's not success, the excitingness of watching them play, I can't always say that I'm excited to watch Austin play. Not because I don't support the team. I obviously do. I'm in the front lines anytime that I can, but because sometimes the, what the instructional plays can be very frustrating and we can talk about that later but overall i'd say as of today as of this game against minnesota i'd say below average or below expectations yeah well let's talk about what's kind of gone wrong for austin fc like can you point to any areas of the field that have been of particular weakness and i I have a feeling i know what you're going to talk about but has there been anything that you can point out and say that is definitely the the weakest link on the team. I would say it's our defense. And it okay. might sound, it's a combination of our defense and our midfield because it's, they're part of the same issue. I guess at the end of the day, it comes down to the coach because I don't think it's a talent issue. Talent is there to play much better than the way we are. But, you know, I've, I've heard sometimes that some people think that Austin is hard to score on. Uh, we do have an incredible goalkeeper. Brad Stuver is a mm-hmm. wall. And, man, I don't know how he doesn't get more attention from MLS teams of the week. That man is incredible. But, uh, yeah, I do think that we rely way too much on our midfield to defend. Sometimes we have players like Alex Ring, Diego Fagundes, or uh, Tomas Pochettino making vital interceptions in the box, or sometimes even playing as a third center back, which is not ideal. And despite having technical players that could dominate midfield possession and play through the midfield, we never really seem to do that. We pass the ball in a little moon in our own half and try to play too much to the wings. And when we do play through the middle, sometimes players are caught off guard and they result in turnovers. So it's that there seems to be some lack of cohesion that we shouldn't be having. I would say that's the biggest point. All right. Uh, Lack of good defense and uh, an incohesive midfield. All right. Well, in general, which players do you think you, know, you, you mentioned your goalkeeper, Stuver? Uh, what other players have you seen that have been doing pretty well at, that you would give a, a passing grade to? Oh, man. There are a few players that I think deserve more than a passing grade. And the yeah. number one name on that list is Diego Fagundes. I have not, no one besides Stuver, maybe, on that field, no one in the outfield plays with as much passion and as much fire as Diego Fagundes. Not only that, he's been incredible off the field. He meets up with so many of the fans. He's so down to earth. And he's just a player that lives and breathes the team and the city. He leaves everything on the field until he can no longer keep running. And I love that about him. He's such a hard worker. And so many of the people, he has shut up so many of the critics, myself included, that thought that his work rate might be an issue. Diego Fagun is definitely the brightest starter. Yeah. I mean, are, are, there any, are there any players that you think have kind of underperformed your expectations or who have, I mean, just flat out, I guess, played bad, badly? Yes. Uh, I think the two <laughs> most glaring uh, entries here would be in Danny Husen. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about him right now because he has been injured. His left hip picked up a left hip injury a few games ago. I'm not exactly sure when. I think it was right before the Seattle game. Uh, 
but Rodney Redis, man, he has been so, so, so disappointing. This man looks like he belongs in a Sunday league, uh, <laughs> which it sucks because he came into the preseason looking like he would be our top scorer, picks up a little knock, and then he has never been the same player since. So those are the two names on the list that I would say have been the most underperforming. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when you, when you look at the stats, I, I think it really puts Redes and the the attacking the attacking line in general kind of in a bad light. Uh, I, I looked at Austin's XG for the past seven games, including just this past game against Minnesota. They had an expected uh, goal rate of seven point five. About uh, so it's expected that Austin FC would score at least like seven or so goals. In that time, it's only been two. Can we? Can two. we? Can you really like look at Redes as being like the guy who's really letting the team down in terms of that output for the team? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, our there definitely is a comprehensive issue in the final third. Uh, nice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna make that point every time I come on this show. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, Redes I think is the most individually culpable for this, I would say. For example, players like Stroud and Gallagher and Cecilio aren't necessarily always finding the back of the net, of the net, excuse me, but they are showing moments of brilliance and excitement and play that makes you think, man, that was so close. We were just unlucky. For example, Cecilio is one of our best combination players. When he drives in centrally, he sets up passes so nicely. He always does these really beautiful little back heel flicks to combine with the left winger, whether it's Kalmanich or Stanley today. And, uh, you know, over time he's gotten better and he started to take more shots. And of course, I think he's our leading goal scorer. He has three goals, I think. And, you know, of course, Gallagher and Stroud, Stroud with those amazing crosses, Gallagher finishing those on the net. Gallagher also, for example, in the game against San Jose, uh, provided a lot of one-on-one capabilities from that left wing. And he beat defenders a lot of time, but the main problem there is that there's a lack of decision-making, of proper decision-making and uh, just a willingness to finish in the final box. Sometimes players get too selfish and too eager to score when a simple pass might be the better option. And other times we just pass it around and it looks like everybody wants an assist as opposed to a goal. Perfect example of that was uh, last week at Q2 Stadium, Alex Ring uh, took a shot on goal, which wasn't a bad shot but he had like three players open making a run and losing their defender inside the box for an easy beat on the keeper. But Alex Ring was like, no, I'm the captain. I got I to gotta score the first goal. I'm going to take a shot, even though a pass would have secured the goal, FIFA style. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot, uh, some iffy decision-making in the final third, despite the fact that we have the talent and the ability to create those chances. We're just not putting them away. Well, I mean, sticking with the 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 idea or concept of players for Austin, I guess now that we're a couple of matches in, we've talked about good players, some subpar players, but who do you think is Austin's most important player? You've mentioned a few names, but who would you say is out and out the biggest miss? Like if you saw them not in the starting 11, you would feel kind of a sense of dread. Yeah. I'd say it's either Brad Stewart or Diego Fabinus. I'm going to stick to outfield players here because Goalkeepers, of course, only we only get one position. Uh, and yeah, it's definitely Diego. Uh, I don't think there's a single player in that field that puts in as much effort, heart, and actually produces as Diego. 
whether it's making crucial interceptions or being like creating an attacking opportunity. But you guys saw in that game, one of the best opportunities we had came from a shot through traffic from Diego that Tyler Miller did a really good save on. So, yeah, he is the spirit of the team right now. All right. And the spirit of the fans, too. Yeah. Well, you kind of alluded to it earlier when you're talking about the tactics, but what have you thought about Wolf as a head coach? Has he lived up to your personal expectations as a fan? And what do you think of the tactics that he's employed through the first uh, third of the season? I'm not going to pretend like I'm some tactical mastermind with a super comprehensive understanding of you know football at a professional level, but from my opinion as a fan, uh, I didn't really come in with many expectations for Wolf. I know that it's his uh, first season as a head coach, but I did expect him to be a little bit more competent in terms of leading a locker room. Uh, Wolf, at least from when I've talked to him, I, I had the chance to meet him in person. He is a charismatic person. He is not someone that instills doubt in you at an interpersonal level, from my experience. But the body language and the charisma that he shows on screen or on the field just isn't there. Like, I don't see the passion in him from the sidelines. He just kind of looks like he's always taking a look at his notebook and writing stuff down. Mm-hmm. You know? And, uh, and I expected us to be, to be more of a possession-based team. And while we did start off that way, it's kind of been losing. We've been losing that. And some of the early, you know, play through the midfield with the midfield players that you picked, uh, control the central midfield, and then open up to the wings, create offensive opportunities that way. has kind of given way to a lot of very, almost Lampard-esque backpassing. <laughs> I don't know if that is a comparison that makes sense, but... Sure. Uh, there's I, I there's a thing that Lampard's Chelsea <laughs> did where uh, they would backpass back pass a lot. Whenever they would get to the you know middle or the op- opponent's half or outside the box, they would do like this little moon pass, right? Where they would pass to the center backs, then to the wings, then to the center backs, to the wings, maybe to like the six, and then back to whatever. And then they'd cross in, and then the cross would do nothing. <laughs> we do something very similar, except we do it on our half. We try to drag the opposition so much to try to find some space instead of just taking players one-on-one or combining. And Minnesota exploited that perfectly today. They pressed us so freaking high. And the minute they got the ball, they immediately transitioned. You guys played it so clean. And the one-two passes were so crisp and so quick that our defense was just like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. You're not letting me just pass the ball to my other center back. What's going on? Yeah, Uh, It's pathetically predictable. And I think even with the injuries, even with the lack of depth, these are professional players that with the right instruction should be able to string together three passes. And we're not doing that right now. Right. Well, you guys have been playing away for a long time. Do you think that this changes once you start getting some uh, some more home games under your belt? Do you think that there will be a little bit more stabilization within the performances that are happening on the pitch? I would think so. I do think it will eventually stabilize, uh, especially as we get more of our players healthy. You know, we lost mm-hmm, Nick right. Lima and Alex Ring within yeah. like the first 10 minutes of the game today. We've been without Segura, Schoenfeld all season. We lost Ben Sweat on the first or second match. No, it was Colorado. We lost in the second match. Uh, 
right now we're basically playing with a pseudo USL team. You know, we we put Eden Stanley as our starting left back, which he actually played pretty freaking well for a guy that's gotten like 15 minutes. I was very pleased with him, but at the same time, you know, that depth is concerning. Some of uh, Wolf's sub-making decisions have also been very concerning. For example, Redis had an absolute nightmare of a game today, and he played the entire game. And I get it, maybe you're wasting players in a midweek game for the weekend or whatever. But still, I do expect that as criticism starts to mount, as we get into the next transfer window, and hopefully as Wolf takes a look in the mirror and says, hey, maybe this isn't working, uh, that will turn around. We have seen that Wolf is not too stubborn. We saw him, for example, trade at Cecilio at the nine to the past two games before this, and it's looked very solid. I think those are some of our most offensively creative games is when we have our creative players playing attack, when we don't right. have our midfielders tracking back to make up for our defense. Uh, so I do think we will eventually stabilize, but the frustration is still there. All right. All right. Well, let's talk moving from uh, on the field performance to off the field performance. You guys just opened up Q2 Stadium. Now, w- were you there for the, the home opener at all? Oh, man. Unfortunately, I was not. Ah. I even had tickets uh, for the supporter section and I just was feeling ill and I couldn't make uh, the trip to the game. But man, of course, I'm friends with a lot of the people in the supporters groups and I was getting all their uh, videos, their updates and whatnot. And let me tell you, that atmosphere was something else because I watched the feed on Twitter or whatever the stream was and it did not do anywhere close to the justice to how loud that place was. People were wearing earplugs. Uh, it was, yeah. you know. And, you know, a lot of people in Austin, and well, America in general, aren't fans of soccer, of course. This is a new thing to them. And, of course, in Austin with no sports teams, a lot of people are like, hey, I'm going to go check it out. Maybe I'm not really a fan of uh, soccer, but I'll go check it out, right? Mm-hmm. There's actually a really funny tweet where some guy was like, yeah, I went up to this guy and I asked him if he was just here for the game or because he was an actual soccer fan. It's like, oh, you know the national team? Yeah, I'm the coach. Yeah. So, yeah Greg, I don't know if y'all saw that tweet, but Greg, yeah, Burhalter, yeah. the arena, Pulisic, we're all there at the game. So that was pretty cool. But man, uh, La Murga, Los Verdes, Austin Anthem, uh, Oak Army, I don't know who was there, what supporter groups were there, but everybody that was in that supporter section really set the tone. And I think we won the heart of a lot of Austinites that would otherwise have not been too interested in soccer because the atmosphere they said was absolutely incredible. So yeah, I'm sad that I couldn't be there. I will be there this Sunday. I don't Ooh. care what happens. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll, we'll be counting on that. <laughs> well, I mean, you were talking about the energy in the, in the stadium for the home opener, but uh, you know, since you interact with a lot of people in the Austin FC fan base, what's the energy like in that fan base now that the team is playing home matches, you know, uh, they're, they're, uh, and they're getting into the swing of things, I guess, is, is the best way to put it. It's been even more electric than it was before. Uh, the amount of people that I see joining our Slack channels and things like that, the amount of activity that I see in the Reddit, in the Facebook groups, and on Twitter, uh, has been increasing almost exponentially. And of course I say that metaphorically, it's not like keeping track of the data, <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, it's just felt even more lively than, you know, when I, when I first went to the LAFC game, we were like 40, 50 people. Then we went to Denver, we had 300 people in Denver. Uh, we were loud as hell in Denver. And then now we go home and even though I wasn't there, I, I see the videos of the entire supporter section just chanting and making yeah. all this noise. And I'm like, oh man, I'm so sad that I missed. It's so, it's not going to stop. It's a trend that's going to keep growing. It's going to be a fever. <laughs> Actually, this might be a little too soon, but it's going to be a virus that spreads out through all <laughs> the population. That's a good one, yeah. I'm really excited to see what you guys build out from this inaugural season outwards. But that home opener, I, I was there for when we opened all Jan's field. I was there when we played our first MLS game. And yep. those moments are like the moments that you, as a fan, really latch on to. Like your first game in like a brand new stadium is something that really like becomes a core memory for you. So I'm really excited you're going to be your first game is going to be a huge rivalry game uh, this Sunday. We're we're gonna we're gonna talk about that uh, coming soon. But I want to first talk about before that the pregame for the opening uh, of the stadium. We had Matthew McConaughey banging on the drums. That was so sick. Yes. But that tifo, that yes. tifo was 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 beautiful. Like yes. you you had a bunch of Austin FC. Uh, uh, not Austin FC, but like Austin idols, I guess, on that TIFO. Legends. Yeah. C- can you walk us through, like, do, do you know, like, who made that TIFO and what the story was behind that? Like, for the listeners who haven't seen it, like, like go look at it. It's, it's like really amazing. But can you. It's mental. Yeah. Can you walk us through the entirety of that massive, massive TIFO? Yeah, so there's only so much I can share because it was a very well-kept secret, even to members of the supporters groups. Uh, I don't remember the name of the person who actually uh, pioneered the majority of the parties, but I do remember their tag was something like Yulang or Yuloang or something okay. like that. Um, I'm sure you can find it on Reddit or Twitter. People gave credit to the artist, of course. And it was also, of course, made by the volunteer work of hundreds of people. Well, actually, I don't know how many, but a lot of people putting in a ton of hours and a ton of their own personal time to go and help, you know, paint a little bit of the section, paint this and that. And it was kept super well hidden. Like you weren't like when you were there, I remember uh, people were announcing scheduling, like, Hey, we're going to be painting these hours, these days, you are not allowed to post anything on social media while you're here. Do not take any pictures, nothing. It had to be a surprise. And damn, was it worth it? Yeah. Because that is one of the best TIFOs I've ever seen. And it was so good that so many people on social media were hating on us and saying that they had been paid, that it was uh, paid for by the team or that, uh, you know, somebody, some company made it, some, mm-hmm. that it wasn't made by the fans. And I'm over here like, they've been saying that about away games too. They've been saying that our fans are paid for by the front office. And I'm over here like, hey. If Austin FC wants to give me a check to reimburse my flight and the $300 that I paid for a ticket to LAFC, I'm more than happy to get that reimbursement. Yeah. I'm not getting anything. So, <laughs> so it, it, is, it is a testament to the passion of the fan base. Unfortunately, the results of, on the field aren't there, but to all the people that thought, oh, another team in Texas isn't going to work, then you don't know what Austin's about. And shout out to all the people and all the supporters that have made this possible because without their time, their commitment, their organization, 
they're leading up the pack, none of this would be possible. That sounds like quite quite a, a, a tifa, quite a story behind all of it and a powerful message that Austin are sending for uh, with their fan base. But, you know, we've talked about the players. We've talked a little bit about coaching and about the atmosphere of the stadium. But overall, what kind of grade would you give to Austin FC for this season so far? Uh, this might be a little strange and controversial, but I'm going to give it an A. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like it. I like it. Why would you give it an A? Because the fan culture carries everything. It doesn't matter if we have a bad, if we have a bad first season. I mean, it does matter. Obviously, I don't want us to have one. Uh, and obviously, we're not even halfway through the season. That's the biggest thing. We could very well turn into a beast of a team in two months after we make some signings, after our players are healthy, after Wolf gets his head out of his uh, proverbial uh, behind. <laughs> Sorry, Wolf, if you're listening to this. Uh, love you. <laughs> Uh, thank you for the sign ball. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just think that the culture that we're building transcends any results that we will have on the field in our first season. We, had, we just have to keep the momentum going. And, you know, I can only imagine what's going to happen when that fever catches on to other people. And it's not just the sports section singing our songs, but those songs are ingrained into Austin folklore and everyone in the stadium is singing them to the best of their ability, of course. Uh, that is a day that, you know, I want to start, you know, we, we got made fun of for hang, handing out pamphlets with yeah. our, our chance. I want to do that more. We got made fun of for our practices in the stadium. I want to do that more. I want everyone to be in there shouting, chanting, and feeling the passion of football because that is something that people in Austin, aside from maybe UT football games, have never felt. And UT football games, they're their own thing. It's not the same. Yeah. So to me, that deserves a name because the work that we put in is paying off. All right. I love it. I love it. I'm so excited to see what Austin FC fans, including yourself, are going to do for the rest of the season. But let's look forward towards this Sunday. Let's look right into the, the recent or the near future. We have quite the game coming up. It's going to be on <laughs> national TV. It's Austin FC versus the Columbus crew. Some contention there, I suppose, from... At this point, both sides, but the Columbus uh, who sorry? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, we should have expected that response from you. But Jack and I both predicted this match for this match in this past episode. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm sorry to say we we went, both went for the Columbus Crew this game. How do you view this match? Do you think Austin FC can pull off the first victory in Q2 Stadium? against oh, the Columbus crew. Absolutely. Why is that? Can they do it? Absolutely. I mean, we have the, the pieces to make it work. That being said, it's obviously not going to be an easy task. I, I don't blame you at all for choosing Columbus or the MLS champs. They have some great players. Lucas Larian carries mm-hmm. that team mostly. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're, they're a good team and they haven't been performing badly either. They haven't had the best season so far, but they're still performing pretty well. And they lost today as well. So we're both coming into this game with losses, but, you know, they're an experienced side that's been in MLS for a long time. They have depth that we don't have right now. We have a lot of injuries right now as well. So it is going to be an uphill battle. But, and I hope this is true of the players, it's going to be at home. It's going to be all the, all the fans that have been getting harassed by Columbus Crew fans just for being excited that we were getting a team. Yeah. So many of us didn't even know who pre-court was. We were just like, hey, Austin's getting a team. Awesome. And you had it barrage of crew fans talking smack to you on social media so many fans also would go on businesses that showed any support for austin fc and they would leave one star reviews to try and tank the review stars 
Uh, this happened to Hop Squad Brewery specifically that I know of. And all this vitriol and bile that was directed towards us when we didn't even know who Picor was. And honestly, the hate should be directed towards MLS for enabling this kind of thing. That's sure. another topic for another time. <laughs> all, of, all, all of that, you know, from the perspective of the Austin FC fan, it's the Columbus crew fans that are attacking us. It's great that they got their new owners, they got their new stadium, they got their cup, and they got to keep their team. But why do you direct that at us, at people who just want to enjoy the beautiful game? So we direct it back, and then it goes back and forth, and obviously it builds up. So we are going to – we already do this. We already chant 90 minutes and more without stopping, win or lose, down or not. We never shut up <laughs> when, we were, when we were in the supporters sections. But now we got a chip on our shoulders, and I think the players know it too. I hope that the players also have the chip on their shoulders to say, hey, you know what? We got we, we to gotta play our hearts out. We got to do what Diego does every day. We can't be walking around. Uh, Cecilio can't be diving for nothing, you know? He already got fined, thank God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I hope that, I mean, obviously, uh, crew are a very strong team. They could totally win this game. Uh, I'm honestly predicting a tie. Uh, okay. But, I do hope that we can turn it around and pull out a victory. All right. Well, I'll be excited to watch that game. I'm sure you'll be excited to finally be in Q2 Stadium in probably the biggest match in Austin FC's history thus far in terms of what it means overall. But, you know, that brings us to the end of the interview. Of course, we love having you on. We're excited to potentially have you on at the end of the season to go over how the expansion season went uh, Absolutely. At, at the end of it. But do you have any plugs? On, you're doing a lot of great content work for, for Austin FC and uh, the fan culture there. Give us the plugs, give us the Twitter, give us the YouTube, give, give us it all. Yeah, of course. And once again, my name is Francisco and I am at Twin Oaks TV, Twin Oaks TV on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And the handle is this, and channel name is the same for all of them. Uh, go ahead and check it out. If you like the content, maybe leave a like, follow me, or subscribe. I'm mostly active on Twitter. The YouTube videos take a while to make, and you know, personal life gets in the way. It's, of course, a yeah. hobby. It's not my job or anything. Uh, but yeah, it's part of that grassroots uh, American soccer movement, just like you guys are doing. And it's part of what makes that community grow. And I love talking to people about the sport. So even if anybody just wants to like shoot a message, DMs are always open. All right, cool. Well, thank you again, Francisco, for joining us. Of course. Thank you all, AJ and Jack. Really like being here. Thank you again, Francisco, for coming on the podcast to talk with us about Austin FC. We always enjoy talking with him about Austin FC because I don't know about you, AJ, but I really like Austin FC. They're a really interesting and cool team and their supporter culture is sick. It's awesome. And, you know, as always, though, make sure to check out our Twitter and Instagram at Final Third Show. Uh, You know, we have a ton of content about the Euros. You can see where I cursed Slovakia in their game versus Spain today. You can see the exact moment where it happened. (laughs) Uh, So check it out on there if you want to see all that kind of content. And uh, AJ, you have anything else to add? Yeah, I will add that uh, Francisco's contact information in terms of his Twitter and Instagram and YouTube are going to be linked down in the show notes below. Uh, But also, you know, leave a review, leave a rating if you enjoy the show on whatever major uh, podcasting platform you listen to us on. 
Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, The Works. It always helps us. It always helps us if you tell a friend about the show. Word of mouth is always good. Uh, tell your dad, even. I'm sure he would love to hear about Austin FC and Francisco's Matthew McConaughey impression. So, yeah, we'll see you guys next Monday for our news and prediction episode. And we'll see you next Thursday, same time, same place, for our deep dive episode. See ya. All right, all right, all right. Ah.